there's rich teams, there's poor teams, then there's 50 feet of crap, then there's the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, Moneyball. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hit me Welcome everybody to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the million dollar man, Rick Barrasso. And I, the big Dekbowski, wreck himself. We're going to watch every single movie ever made and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? Phantasmo. How about yourself? Phenomenal. Can't wait to talk about this movie. Get uh, getting into the, the dog days of summer. Mm-hmm. And it's appropriate that we do a, our second baseball movie, Moneyball here. We are uh, really digging in, trying to find the value of on-base percentage here. But uh, <laughs> let's take care of some business first. Last week, we did City of God. It was a great episode. Check, yes. that, check that movie out if you haven't seen it. Check the episode out if you haven't listened. Well worth it for both of them. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use. Subscribe, review if you can. It would be extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed that episode, want to talk about it, any of our episodes, or if there's any other movie you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We're the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're using the Twitter more. Get on there. We're putting up polls. We're doing lots of fun stuff. Check it out. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. That's at R-I-C-K-A-N-D-R-E-K. And you can always, always email us at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yes. And, of course, as our friend, our former Little League teammate, Bruce Wayne, would say, tell your friends about us. But now... I feel like Bruce Wayne would be like a third baseman. I think he's a center fielder. You think so? I think so. All right. Maybe like maybe a pitcher. I think he, maybe he's a closer. Like he stares you down. Yeah, maybe that's it. I think he's. I think he's a closer. Yeah. I think. Yeah. His yeah, entrance music is the the uh, is the the Tim Burton Batman theme. Mm, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. Just think about that. It's like a bottom of the ninth. In comes Wayne. Oh, shit. The Batman. I don't know if he'd be the Batman if he was a pitcher, but you get the idea. He's staring <laughs> you down, those icy blues. He started off as a Bat Boy. Ah. Uh, wow. Once in a while, I got one of those. There you go. But uh, now, Derek, I think it's fair to say we're just a little bit caught in the middle. Uh-oh. It's Moneyball. So Moneyball is a 2011 fictional adaptation of a nonfiction book, which I believe is a first for the show. It's directed by Bennett Miller. Stars Brad Pitt as Billy Bean, Jonah Hill as Peter Brand, Chris Pratt as Scott Hatterberg, one of my favorite players to play with in Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, and Philip Seymour Hoffman as Art Howe. It made $110.2 million on a $50 million budget. It's got a 7.6 on the Internet Movie Database, a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 87% on Metacritic. Leonard Malton. This is intelligent. It's well-made and engrossing. Ebert, four out of four. This is intense and moving. For a a negative one, I found one from uh, Bill Weber from Slant Magazine. Slant. Slant Magazine. Who even reads Slant? The Slant Nation. Okay. He said it was inconsistent and it was flat at times. Derek, do you remember when you first saw this one? I'm trying to think. I kind of feel like I saw this at the movies, but I don't know who I'd go and see it with. So I, oh, okay. G is telling me that, that I did see Moneyball at the movie theater with G. I dragged her to go see it. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's the answer right there. Okay. Thanks, Gia. Was, yeah, that, a, was I, that a wise investment? Was that like a Moneyball situation for your, for your relationship? Like, do you get value by bringing well, her to that movie? I don't think G has gotten any better with baseball. So I'm sure 10 years ago, she was like, oh, really? 
but I, I'm sure watching Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill was fine. You know, the, I, I, this is the one thing I can say about this movie. Even if you're not a baseball fan, I still think it's very entertaining. Baseball, I think, and this is just, this is, is going to be a lot of baseball talk in this episode. <laughs> so if, if you're not into that, sorry. <laughs> Buckle but, in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think baseball is probably the sport that is most improved by seeing it live as opposed to TV. Okay. Because like I, t- it can it can run long, you know. Especially if we're, if we're looking at, and, and they're trying to fix that though. You know, like, like the seven yeah. inning games. I know a lot of people are upset by that, but I think it works. I think the game needs to evolve. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, like you go to a game, you smell the food, the hot dogs, yes. like the the grass. Like you, you, it just it's a summer feeling. The crack of the bat. It, it's it's it really is. I, I mean, once I, I if I feel safe going to Fenway Park. Uh, anytime in the near future, I'd, I'd, we should definitely check out a game. Yes. But yeah, I, I think I can definitely see, especially this movie where it literally is a bunch of inside baseball. Like it's it's just a bunch of guys sitting around being like, this is kind of how the game is set up. And there's not a whole lot of actual baseball scenes. Yeah, there's not that many. But speaking of what happens and what doesn't happen in the movie, let's tell you, let's put 30 seconds on Derek's Spotify. Derek, do you have a baseball theme song, an Oakland based band, something to do with Brad Pitt? What, what, have you, what do you have queued up for us? I'm actually going to play a song that is, that is from the movie, but it's not the one you think. It is when the Yankees defeat the A's and that is New York, New York by the great late Frank Sinatra. Oh, Let's start spreading the news. Yes. Coming All right, on. here we go. Three, two, one go after losing high profile free agents to big market teams billy bean gm of the open a's begins to rethink how to build his team along with the help of new assistant peter brand they use moneyball a new way of evaluating players primarily through placing value and on base percentage this infuriates scouts and manager are how eventually it is successful giving the a's a winning a record winning streak so successful the red sox offer billy bean their gm spot billy declines to spend more time with his daughter but da, 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 <laughs> 26 seconds. All right. So, yeah, Moneyball. Yes. Let's talk about what we like about it. What is your number three scene? Before we even get to scenes, okay. this is a very odd movie to pick scenes in because there are good moments. There's a lot of great moments, but the movie yeah. just kind of flows in a direction and it's just agreed. It just consists. I don't know. My scenes are kind of. I don't know. We'll 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 see what. They yeah, go. there's not like the. It's appropriately. I would say if this is a baseball analogy, this is a movie that is going to get on base a lot. <laughs> Every scene is pretty good, but I I don't know how many home runs it hits. You know I I don't know like this this movie is the Greek God of walks. Like this is Euclid. You know, he's, it's not Barry Bonds. It doesn't have these huge moments, but it doesn't have any strikeouts either. It like takes it as it comes. It does, you know, mess with the real life uh, story a little bit, but we'll get quite, to that. Quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, but I, I, I like it. I really enjoy the movie, but it, it's, I, I don't know that I'm going to be, you know, raving about any scenes, any individual scenes, the stronger hold than the parts. I yeah, like. agreed, agreed. But yeah, I'll jump into my my third my my third favorite scene here. It's sort of, uh, and, and now now I'm looking at my list and I'm going, this movie has a favorite, has a best scene. I don't know if it does, um, but I really enjoyed the scenes. I think there's two of them where everyone's sort of sitting around and they're discussing the team. The and what scouts. they need, what they need, yeah, discuss what they need to do to replace Giambi, Damon, and Isringhausen. And this is going to also go to my worst later on. We'll talk about Isringhausen and, and all that stuff. But um, I, I like the way the scouts talk. I think it's kind of goofy and it's kind of fun at the same time. And I like when, you know, I like when Billy Bean brings in Peter Brand and, and they're just like, what does this guy do? He gets on base. Like that is the point of this whole meeting. I don't care about getting 38 home runs. I don't care about all that. I just want guys that can get on base. We're going to follow this new new thing. And all the scouts are pretty aggravated by it. And one in particular is very aggravated, but I just like the way the scenes are set up. And the one guy, like the one scout is like, you, you guys all have to remember one thing. Billy doesn't have to, you know, 
answer to anybody except for the owner and God. And it's just a weird line. Um, <laughs> but yeah. the, the scenes themselves in, the, in those rooms with the scouts, like, you know, oh, he's got an ugly girlfriend. Oh, it means that uh, he doesn't have any confidence, like, which actually is true. There was a scout who did well, that. Well, they, they, I guess this the line in real life is he's an ugly girlfriend. What's that say about him? He has bad eyesight. Bad eyesight, right? Yeah. It's just kind of goofy. But I just like watching those scenes with all those scouts just discussing ball players, especially for somebody like me. And I'm a pretty hardcore baseball fan. Like it's my favorite sport. I love talking about statistics and players and things like that. What does that guy do good? Uh, it's great. It really is great. Um, and I like both of the scenes where all the scouts are in the same room together. So that, I guess that's my third. Yeah, I've got the that specifically. I have the same, but I have the number. The second one is my number three. The scene where Peter Brand is there and Billy Bean just keeps pointing at him. He's like, "Oh, what, uh, get, gets on base." What, <laughs> do, he's like, "Do you want me to? Do you want me to do, speak?" Yeah, <laughs> gets on base. It's when like, I don't, point, make, when I point don't you. make me point at Peter again. It's I. I love that he like Billy is just like casually just strolls in one day. He's like, "All right, fuck everything you've done, old guy sitting around the table." Yep. Like you're, you're failing and like, you can stick around and like, I'll listen to you, but really I'm not going to listen to you. Like right. we're going with this guy. It's like, it's like you all have jobs still, but don't even talk. Yeah. It's like, start, start rethinking everything you know about a game that you have been watching and playing and scouting for decades. Yeah. And it's, it's just, like, he, do, he does it so casually. Yeah. So what's your two? So my two is when Billy Bean goes to Cleveland and he's sitting around in this room trying to get some players from the Indians and they're just not budging and they kind of treat him like shit. You know, the, the way they talk to him, like, okay, well, okay. Within your budget, no offense. It's like everything they say before they even make a decision. Yeah. And uh, the whole room is sitting there and he's like, Oh, this is how we do business in Cleveland, you know? And uh, Peter Brand standing there and then, you know, Bean wants to know later, like, why do they listen to you? Who are you? I don't care what your name is, but who are you? And Peter Brand is just analyst, you know, basically, you just came out of college and, you know, he, uh, he, he, he follows Bean down to like the little uh, common area and they just start talking and, and, and he's like, this sport is not what people think it is. You know, you have to rethink everything. It's different because when people, uh, fans of baseball think of home runs, they think of strikeouts, they think of run, you know, they think of those big things, but baseball really is about small ball. Yeah, it really is. It's about the utility players. It's about stealing, stealing bases. It's about uh, getting, you know, getting uh flyouts and getting those runs, uh, you know, no, Derek, you know what it's about getting on base. There you go. <laughs> but this seems so interesting, if, especially if you don't really know much about baseball, you know, just analyzing players and trying to figure out what they do well. And if it's all about getting on base, then baseball becomes really fucking boring too. You know, if, that, if every team went that direction, can you imagine the the the, the sport? Games Nobody, would be taken four hours and four, dropping four, in ratings constantly. Yes. So that's why uh, I, I know how Rick feels about baseball and what every player should be doing. Steroids should be mandatory. <laughs> Some players like, I listen, want, I'm not I into want, it. Rick's like... I, I want that least, fucking needle in his arm. At least two Maguires on every team. I want, <laughs> I want just like, we should be, there should be somebody hitting 125 home runs every year. <laughs> Pitcher should be throwing 250 miles an hour. So I have this game MVP 2005 for yeah. PS2. I think it's the best pistol game ever made. All you if, on easy mode, all you have to do is just aim up and you hit a home run with Manny Ramirez. One season, <laughs> one season, I hit 197 home runs. That should be Ramirez. real life. That should be absolutely real life. People like like the Incredible Hulk should be walking to the plate. Like, <laughs> Manny has 406 RBI. Science should be winning World Series. That's all I'm saying. Wow. But yeah, so I like that scene in Cleveland. It's where it all starts, where he meets Peter Brand, buys him from the A's. <laughs> Pretty cool scene. Yeah, so my number two is the, I think it's Peter's last scene in the movie, where they like show the overweight first baseman who thinks he hit a single yeah. And like he trips over first base and he like his home run. And and Billy is just like, I get it. Like it's such a great character moment for both of them because I yeah. think Peter is just like, I'm gonna open his eyes to like all the great he's done. And Billy's just like, Yep, okay, moving on. 
<laughs> right, right. I get what you're trying to do. Let's go. And like they think they're gonna have this moment, and they do have a moment. But Billy's just like Billy is very much. I need to excel. I feel like he is. He has that line early in the movie, which is like, "I hate losing. I hate losing more than I like winning." There's a difference, right? Right. <laughs> and the fact that he like he didn't win the World Series, he's just like, "Fuck it." Like I, I like, what did I really accomplish? Right. Yeah, like, I, 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 I get it. If you don't, if you, if you're not winning the championship, you're losing. But that's fair. But it's like, again, Peter's just like, listen, you've changed. You literally changed the game. Like things are different now. You know, right. it, historically, like who won? Was it the Angels that won the World Series that I year? Think, you know, I think oh two, the Angels beat the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Like who was was it? Socha managing the, the Angels that year. I mean, Socha's a great manager, but like yeah. who's the GM of the Angels that year? Probably it was probably Socha. Okay, maybe. But like, is he more significant to the game than Billy Bean was? No. No, you're right. So I get it from, you know, I, I played sports in high school for a bit. So like, I get, you know, I'm not like the greatest athlete, but I do get that feeling of like, ugh, win at all costs. Like, oh, yeah, losses right. hurt so much. And I guess it was been, it had been like, what, two, three days since since they lost the last game of the season. Right. Which, you know, especially in baseball, it's like, it's tough to turn a baseball team around. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's, you can go, if you're, let's look at like almost any other sport, you know, if you're a bad NBA team and you go get Giannis, you, you've turned your team around your playoff team, you know, and and potentially like one or two players and you're a championship contender. Football, you go get the right quarterback, you are now a championship contender. Yep. Even if you're a bad team the year before, unless you're like hilariously bad, then it's like you get a good quarterback and a halfway decent, like one, you know, couple defensive players. Like the Lions for years. Yeah. Like if if the Lions, you know, Stafford's like an okay quarterback and they've like almost made the playoffs in a great division. But if you put like Aaron Rodgers and the Lions, they're they're pretty much what the Packers are. I mean, flirting with the Super Bowl every year. Right. Uh, you know, hockey, if you put, you know, a, a great, you know, like one player can make the difference. If it's like, if it's the right position, you know, if it's a, a great goalie and you have a halfway decent team, one piece can do it. Baseball is not that. It can't be. It can't be just the nature of the game. You, because your best player is not on offense eight out of nine times right it just doesn't work like that like it's so to build a team from you know not that the a's were bad which we'll get to in a moment i'm sure but to take a team from one level to the next takes a lot and and billy's just impatient about it and you got to think too like you you have a team with one good hitter for instance like that's their best player like that guy is failing seven out of 10 times yeah. and still successful. So like the other seven at bats, he's not hitting and stuff. And so if nobody else is hitting, that team's not going to be good. There's no way you can have it. And, and that's why I hate the New York Yankees so much because the way, you know, people put it is that like, when you build a team, you need a whole meal. You need the meat, the steak, which are home run hitters, starting pitching. You need the vegetables. You need the utility players. You need relief pitching and you need a carb carbohydrate, whatever that might be in like a starch, starch, ketchup, whatever. But like the Yankees, they just go and they just buy home run hitters. That's what they do. They don't give a flying fuck. What do they do? This, what, 10 days, within 10 days, the Yankees went out and they bought Anthony, oh, they traded for Anthony Rizzo, who's a home run hitter. And they got the, who's the other guy they got? Yeah. They got somebody else as a home run hitter. And it's like, oh, they got, um, what's his name from Texas Rangers? Uh, Gallo, Joey Gallo. It's like. What are you what are you doing? Like I, I get it, but like they're trying to buy a World Series each season. Here's here's the thing, and his this is my theory on the Yankees. And listen, I'm a Red Sox fan. I get it. Same. You know, and like I'm sure people, you know, we have people listening across the country and different countries, and you know, they say, Oh, you just root for their rival. The Yankees are not competing with other baseball teams. The Yankees are competing with everything else there is to do in New York. Mm. So they need stars to draw people in who would otherwise be going to a fucking Broadway show. 
Because guess what? Good tickets in that new Yankee stadium cost the same as Broadway ticket. Right. You know, everything in the world is outside your door. The Mets are, you know, a few miles away. Yeah. They, so they're, they're not necessarily competing. They don't have to compete for a championship. Now that Steinbrenner is dead. Steinbrenner would have a heart attack if you heard me say this. If you're, you know, the elder Steinbrenner. But they are not. George, I smell a calzone. Yeah, George is in the building. It's the, the Yankees <laughs> and the Cowboys are really the only two American sports franchises I feel like that are like this. Maybe the Lakers now to an extent, because like with all the stuff they just did recently, all the free agents they signed, trades they made, they're just not competing in the same manner that other teams are. Right. They're, they're competing for like national attention and tickets. Whereas other teams are like, I want to win a championship. And if they win a championship from their ownership perspective, great. It's a bonus, but fucking the Cowboys haven't won since 1996. The Yankees right. have won like twice this century. Yep. As it, imagine in 1998, where it's just like the first 20 years of the century, the Yankees will only win two championships. Right. And one's going to be in 2000. <laughs> You'd be like, no, that's just not possible. Like, they just like look at how they build their team. No, they're doing something different. Well, that's why, like, you know, the Red Sox, like, yeah, I'm from Boston. I get it. I'm a Red Sox fan, but like, we've won four World Series since the turn of the century. Yeah. And the Yankees have won one. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And that's because the Red Sox sort of care about building this the team from the farm system. And I'm sorry for anybody out there who's not a baseball fan who's just fucking bored as hell listening to us talk, but this is. Very important to understand the sport. And yes. also, if you and didn't know... it's very important to understand the movie as well. Yeah, the movie. And if you didn't get my impression earlier of George Steinbrenner, that was from Seinfeld. So <laughs> check that out as well. <laughs> George has a calzone. I smell a calzone. Uh, but anyways, yeah. A lot of baseball talk we can yeah. get into, but... Yeah, so it's... Yeah, and, and, and the fact is that uh, when, when Peter lays out... Yeah, with that scene in the movie... Baseball is about this. It's about buying runs. It's about, but like he's looking at it from purely statistical standpoints that doesn't take into account other stuff. Like Jason Giambi sold tickets for them. Right. Scott Hatterberg, I love him, former Red Sox. He's not selling tickets in 2002 going into that season. Right. I mean, let's face it, the front of that stadium. You had Giambi poster, Damon poster, Ingrid, yeah. Isringhausen. And then all you have is David Justice. Well. The 37-year-old wonder. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all they had in the movie, I guess. But Well, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk yeah. about that. All right. Let's go to number one scene. What's your, what's your number one scene? So my number one scene, I think, is when uh, Billy Beans has just clearing house. And he just like him and Art Howe, the, the, the manager of the, of the Oakland Athletics, they're just like head to head the whole movie. Like they're just not getting along. Uh, be, uh, Art Howe really wants his, his contract to be looked at. He doesn't he doesn't want to coach just for one year or whatever. And so they're always just kind of button heads all movie. But, um, you know, the whole movie Bean really just wants his players that he got to be to be played. And, and Art Howe does not think that's he doesn't want to play Hatterberg at first. He wants to play Pena at first. And can you fucking blame him? No. I mean, he's going to be an all-star. We know we we know what happened with Carlos Pena. We know what happened with his career. Yeah, you know, for the most part, he did. A, the Red Sox lost him too, and he the next year on the Rays, I think he hit like forty-six home runs. But I get it. But Bean makes a point to be like, okay, I'm trading Pena so you can play Hatterberg. And Art Howe wants to tear his head off, but Art Howe doesn't really show that much emotion. And then he just kind of brings Jeremy Giambi in, and he's like, "You're gone too." right in front of Art Howe and Art's just like, you're ruining this team. And he's like, I could do this all day. And it's just so interesting to see what a GM does compared to a manager. I mean, it's, it's even weird to me that like the manager doesn't even, doesn't even go into the room where the scouts are to discuss the year and discuss the players. That's profound to me. It makes sense to me. Like the GM's like, listen, me and the scouts, we're going to give you a team. Then we're going to let you do whatever you want with that team type thing. But I feel like the manager should still be in that room. I don't know if you agree or not. I agree. It's, it's the old, you know, Bill Parcells, you know, line when he was coaching the Patriots, he says, you know, he left because they wouldn't make him GM. And he's like, listen, if I'm going to cook you dinner, let me buy the groceries. Like right. it's, it's, you're right. It, it should be a, a partnership between a GM and a manager. 
you, you, sort of to- feel, you sort of feel bad for him. Art Howe is like, okay, I'll talk to you later. He walks down the hall, hands in pockets. Like, yeah. the, and, the coach should be involved. Right. And he's coming off a playoff run. Yeah. And he's like, I don't have a contract. Yeah, he's like, got one year I'm, left. I am not confident in my position. I have to look out for me. And this, you know, in, in real life, the, the dynamic was very different. But you know, in this movie, he's just like, the line was like, I need to play this team in a way I can explain in my job interviews next year. Yeah. And, and again, this scene isn't like, holy moly, what a scene. But this is a different type of movie. And I think this scene, you could probably name one better. Uh, maybe I didn't think of. But I think this scene comes to a point where you're like, all right, you're not doing what I asked you to do. So now I'm taking I'm, I'm taking the good players away from you on purpose. So it, it, it's almost like a high in the movie at this point. It's like, all right, you're going to do what I fucking say. So it becomes very interesting at that point. So that's my number one. Yeah. um, My number one is the, the sequence of the, the the 20th win game, the 20th straight win. And it's from when, you know, Billy Bean's daughter calls him. It's like, you have to go back. You have to go back. And I really love the little character moments in it. You know, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for these big dramatic sports scenes, but I love the the moments where like Peter sees Billy across the like you know across the, the field across the grandstand. He's like kind of nods to him. I love where it's like Art Howe finally relents and is like, all right, Hatterberg, get in there. Yep. <laughs> I guess like you get it's it's you. And obviously, like it pays off. Uh, you know, and that's a great scene for Scott Hatterberg as well, where he's like gets his confidence back. Right. And you finally, and it kind of pays off to the point where. Billy Bean finally just takes a second to celebrate because he's like Billy Bean throughout this movie. is just like, what do I do? What do I do for the team? Let's not pat myself on the back. Let's not take credit. And he does, he goes back to that. He does not look back on the season with anything other than like, well, I just didn't win a championship. It's like, right. you know, to, to draw, you know, the comparison for today, it's like Bill Belichick is like, well, I didn't win the Super Bowl. You know, he's like, Billy Bean is like that. Yeah. But, Billy Bean can take a second and be like, wow, we did something really special. We went 20 games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of different moments now that I, that I could have said in my top three, but I guess we'll just get that to the, the when we get to our miscellaneous section. The, the really good see, and it's tough to do scenes in this because my favorite things in this movie, my favorite parts of this movie are little tiny moments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I love the part where, uh, Billy Bean's daughter plays guitar and she goes, wow. Yeah. But, but, he just puts his hand in front of his face. Like, yeah. whoa, I love that scene. Yeah. yeah. Just, just that little moment that like, well, I'll take or leave the rest, but like, they're walking through the thing. Like, but where he, like his reaction to like, oh, wow. His daughter, you know, yeah. it's incredible. Or just like little lines where it's just like, you know, the scene where he fires that head scout and he's just like, I'm not going to fire you. Fuck you, Billy. Now yeah. you're fired. Like yep. just that little bit is so good. It, but it's like, is that scene great? No, but right, it, right. And uh, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm sounding more and more harsh on this movie than no, I know. We're on the same page yeah. because it just has good moments, not great scenes. But yes, another great moment is when they go to um, Scott Hatterberg's house, yeah. and the scout is is, is so funny, and because Hatterberg's like. Well, what about the fans? And he's like, yeah, maybe I'll teach one of them to play first base. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of good humor in this movie. Yeah. And that, and that scene, like that second, when they, when Billy and, and the other scout leave and he just like, he and his wife just hug. Like, it's just, there's so much tension that's just like gone. It's like, Oh, I get a chance. Yeah. Right. He thinks he's completely done. Yeah. And he's not. And that's excellent. So we've teased it a little bit, but let's get to least favorite part. Of the uh, of the movie, and um, unless you have something else, it's basically that the the A's had like five All Star level players, even though they didn't make the All Star game. Yep, I'm sure we have the same five listed too. Um, I know that Miguel Tejada basically won the MVP that year. Like, Tejada hit 34 home runs, 131 RBI, and batted 308. This guy, he was like a top three shortstop in the league at that point. Yeah. And of course they had Eric Chavez and then yeah. they had the pitching. The pitch- I remember that year, whenever the A's would come on the schedule, they're like, Oh, how many of those three are we getting? Right. Are we getting like, if we got a series that had fucking Hudson, Zito and Mulder, I was like, fuck, we're, like, what are you going to do? They were, yeah. they were nasty. 
Killers. It, yeah. They, all three of them got over 15 wins that year. Yeah. So I'm not a guy who is going to go through movies that are based on a true story and nitpick and nitpick and like whatever. Like that's super annoying to me. But in this case, having those five players entirely changes the scope of what this team was. Yep. It like they weren't the little engine. They had incredible players. It changed. It flips the whole thing on its head. Yep. And they focused on David Justice, who was in 37. Yeah. They focused on Scott Hatterberg, who couldn't throw and couldn't play first base. They they go with Chad Bradford, has a defect, and he throws weird. Yet they had all these guys that, that were not discussed in the movie who basically got them to those wins. Was it was it on base percentage stuff? Was it? I don't know. Even even though like they were like Scott Hatterberg, he cannot play first base. The end of the season, his like I think it was like in his fielding was like 994, which is above yeah. what a first baseman should be doing. So like there's a lot of inaccuracies and a lot of things that they push in the film that are like, oh, feel bad for this for this team because they only have what 40,000 or 40 million dollars. But they really are stacked. They, they had invested that money wisely. And, yeah. and it's it's a it's a story worth telling because obviously the way Billy Bean went about building the team around them really did change baseball yeah but it was very much like all right let's ignore huge chunks of what this team was right you know you know we like we look at the movie as it is but it's like okay what are we what are we doing here if we're not if we're not you know imagine if you know like the 2004 red sox it was like yeah it's unbelievable they brought in kevin millar (laughs) it's like yeah, I guess, but we had like you know Schilling and Pedro, and like we had you know a great team. It, it, it's, no, it's, no, it's, it's, like, it's like the movie The Mighty Ducks. They had it's, they had to get rid of Nomar. Well, yeah, but like Nomar, it was like it was an entirely different story if you, if you leave out the big players, you know? Right? Yeah, there's a lot of those stories that just you know. But how under- was it like The Mighty Ducks, Derek? I'm curious. Well, I'm just saying, I'm saying the opposite. If the Mighty Ducks had a bunch of great players, and they're like, oh well, now you may know why they're good but they had nobody. That's why yeah. the story was compelling because yeah, they were the just bad, like the it's, losers. It's so many, it's little giants. It's bad news bears. It's, you know, it's mighty ducks. It's, it's a thousand of these movies where it's just like, you know, it's slobs versus snobs in a lot of ways, but yeah. it, yeah. It, it like, imagine it's like, you know, they go to the mighty ducks and it's like, you know, to, to go with that analogy is just like, yeah, we have like, actually like banks and also banks's brother who we didn't mention are like incredible players and they're the most gold in the league but we didn't mention them we just talked about charlie the whole time yeah they didn't have fulton either who can like you can do like a hundred mile an hour slap shot at the age of 14 yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the and then the other thing that i can mention and this is just a little bit of an inaccuracy and i know why it happened but billy bean's daughter does play the song uh, the show by an artist named Linka from 2008 was when the song was released. And this movie takes place in 2002, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But I mean, historically, but I know the director said that when he saw that girl's uh, audition, she did play the song and he was like, I like you so much. And I like that song so much that you're playing yeah. that I'm going to put it in the movie twice. The song fits the movie very well. The show, it fits because perfect. It's, a, it's yeah, I mean, it's called the show, which is, right. you know, a fun coincidence, but it's also like. Billy Bean is kind of that, like, which way am I going? Right. Where am I in my life right now? And it's it's an appropriate song, but yeah, like that's the kind of thing I'm not gonna nitpick, you know? Yeah, it's just a little yeah. thing that I mentioned, but yeah. it's it is there. Yeah, but I, let's let's move on because, like, honestly, we need to talk about the movie more instead of fucking baseball. But um, so let's go to medals. Who do you get for bronze? My bronze goes to the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, even his subtle performance is compelling. There's just something about Hoffman. There's something that he does on screen that just makes me want more of what he does on screen. You know, he, is it because Philip Seymour Hoffman is so likable? That could be what it is. And every movie I've seen him and I'm just like, wow, he's, he's fucking great. He plays Art Howe and he, you know, he's, he doesn't say a lot. He's a very quiet guy. He doesn't show his emotions that often. And he's just, uh, I want to see more of his character and he's just, He's just great. I can't, I, I, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's one of those actors where people kind of forget, forget about how great he was and it, maybe look past his death a little bit, but he's, uh, he's not forgotten and he's one of the best. 
So yeah, he's my bronze. I've got, I've got the same. I, I, yeah, I, he's, he's going to get a medal in, in everything that he's like, just spoilers. Like if, I, if, if you don't fight it, I'm going to make him a Rick's guy. Cause he's just getting a medal in everything that, right. uh, that he's in. Yeah. He's, he says so much with so little in this. Yeah. And it's so counter to what he usually does. He's usually so full of life and energy. Yep. You know, I'm thinking of him in the master where he's like dancing around, you know, I'm thinking of him in like twister where he's like cut the comic relief. Yeah. Even, even almost famous. He's so colorful and everything he's in. Yeah. But in this, he's just like reserved. I can't believe you're fucking me over. Like it's, he's, it's a, it's a great performance and yeah. Well-deserved bronze medal. What do you, who do you have for silver? I went with Jonah Hill, who yep. plays Peter Brand, which is, if anybody knows, uh, that is not the uh, the the the, the uh, vice president of the, the vice general manager's real name. Uh, they changed the name for the movie. Um, but I, I love I love Jonah Hill in this. Jonah Hill is a very versatile actor. He can do a lot of different things. He's a a great comedian in movies. He's so funny in things. He's very good at at being a, you know, in a Scorsese film, you know. You, you got to think that this guy's played off within a year. Jonah Hill is is the guy who plays off of Brad Pitt and then Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And you this know, kind of, this gets him to the point where people take him seriously as a dramatic actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and, he's my silver as well, so I'll jump in. And, and again, he's he's his character isn't like this, like, whoa, like you look at all these dimensions to this character. It really, there's really nothing there. But again, it's just he, the director picked actors that just have some sort of presence about them in movies. Um, and, 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 and that's why it works so well. But he's my uh, he's my silver. Yeah. No, so like I said, my silver as well. He's excellent in it. I, I like to imagine like his character in this and his character in in Wolf of Wall Street are just like the same person but this is the good version of the person and wolf of wall street's the evil version <laughs> all right where right. he's just kind of like this side like the sidekick who is he's like a kind of an amalgamation of different real life people um in a based on a true story type thing but yeah he like he's he no pun intended knocks out of the park in this role it's it's just a great role for him and it kind of his career just goes from there right and I'm assuming I'm guessing, but you've surprised me before. Your gold medal? We're going with Chris Pratt here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going with Brad Pitt, of course. Hey, and, honorable uh, mention to Chris Pratt. He does a hell of a job with Scott yeah, Hamburg. He who, does, you know what? He, I, hit, he, I hit for a 650 average in King Kong Junior <laughs> Baseball. How big is that little hole? And the uh, Hatterberg? No, he's one of the ones who gets down real low. No, no, no. But doesn't he have like the, does he have like a really big, cause you know, no, King he doesn't, he doesn't, it's not, it's King, not a Griffey size. It's Griffey, not even like McGuire size. Tim, even Tim Salmon is humongous. Yeah. No, he, this is like, this is a, a smaller one. It's not like tiny, you know, it's not like a, a row of Banya's size. It's a, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's in the middle. It's not a, it's not a home run hitter size. It's uh, he's just, he's just stuck in the middle. He just, yeah, he, he sure is. He was, but I, I stuck with him as a catcher. You, you know, Brad Pitt, he, uh, I'm sorry, Brad Pitt, uh, Chris Pratt, I, they told him he was too fat for the role. So he went and he lost a bunch of weight and then he got cast later. So props to him. But yeah, Brad Pitt, I mean, he's just, I mean, let, let's face it. He's not just a handsome guy to look at, you know, he's. Uh, but to be he, clear. <laughs> let's, be, let's, be, let's be clear about that. Um, I'm not saying that I'm Achilles, but. It's interesting. Like we just talked about him a couple of weeks ago with seven and this is such a different rule for him. And he, he doesn't get a lot of credit. I feel like as an actor, because he's like almost too handsome. I mean, like the, you know, the book on him has always been, Oh, he's a, you know, he's a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. He just, he's, he's a commander of the screen, you know, he can be a side character and he can be a lead, a lead actor. You know, he's, he's very, very good at it. And he, he's very believable too. You know, you believe the moments that he has, when he's by himself and, you know, and, and one thing that we kind of, we didn't really mention, and I'm sure we could mention it in miscellaneous, but he, there's a lot of flashback scenes in this movie where like, you're excited. Like Billy Bean is going to be the next big fucking baseball player and he fails and they put all this money into it and he does not do well. And he's like, we, the last, we haven't seen the last time we, we found a five, two player and he just does not do well. And you could see that, like that anger and that emotion in, in, in his performance, you know, you can see that like, I don't want to be a failure anymore. And uh, I believe him. So that, that's what's so compelling about this. Yeah, I, I love the line or that little exchange. Again, one of these little moments 
where he after he tells Peter that he, he bought him from Cleveland, he was like, where would you have drafted? Would you have drafted me first round or something like that? And he's like, no, sixth round, no, no signing bonus. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. And he's like, all right, cards on the table. Like this is, I respect this guy. I think it's even further. I think he's in 11th round. Yeah. Ninth. Like, he was ninth. Ninth, maybe yeah. ninth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like, and that's probably why he likes Peter so much. Cause he's an honest guy and he knows he can trust him. You know, and, and when it comes to baseball players and he's even tells it later on or earlier in the movie, he's just like Johnny Damon is not worth seven million. I'm sorry. You know, and he knows what he's talking about, clearly. Well, it's it's interesting that, you know, at the end credits when they're like, oh, the Red Sox won. Well, the Red Sox won in a big way because of Johnny. Damon. Yeah, for, for sure. He was a big part of that. But I mean, so I, I think it I think it is like if you if you look a little bit, it's like. Yeah, the Sox, they took a little bit of money ball and they, you know, obviously they were doing it before because they got Euclid, but they they took a little bit of that. But it's like, yeah, they're still like the big fish. They can still go spend more money on what they value than anybody else. Right. I mean, Ortiz Ramirez, give me a break. Yeah. Ortiz was not a money ball guy. No. You know, and you know, was Tejada I'd, like he won MVP. So, yeah. Apparently, he like struck out a lot during the season two, and he, like, that was like a problem for a while. But none of that was brought up in the movie. Tejada didn't even exist in the movie. So, yeah. Who the, who the hell is that guy? He's only the yeah. MVP of the league, right? So, let's go to recasting, and then you have some sort of alternate universe thing. Apparently, that we're gonna we're gonna go through. Yes, I didn't find it necessary to recast just because it's kind of yeah. t- within ten years. It's kind of tough, but it's yeah, it's tough. But I I did it. It's in, in a lot of ways. I would just you know these guys really haven't aged all that much, you know. And with Jonah Hill, you can make them you know make them up to look a little bit younger because the character. I mean, obviously, you can't have uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but really, it's it's tough. But I did recast three roles. Okay. Uh, so I've got uh, I've got Art Howe, I've got Peter Brand, and I've got Billy Bean. So Art Howe, I was thinking somebody who is kind of a grump, somebody who could do grumpy well. Mm-hmm. So I went Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, interesting. All right, Peter Brand. He's going to be in that just graduated from college age range, and he can't really look like an athlete, you know. And and this is before. Uh, Jonah Hill lost all that weight, so he, you know, was heavier. But this could very well easily be kind of a skinny kid, which is what I went with. So I went with Tom Holland as Peter Brand. Okay, Tom and, Holland could, could could be could be a Rick Orex guy at this point. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I don't think either of us can claim him. Billy oh, Bean. By, by the way, yeah. I'm sorry to stop you. We watched the movie The Impossible the other yeah. day. Have you seen that? Is that the tidal wave one? Yeah, it's 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 the tsunami one with yeah. Ewan McGregor and and um, Naomi Watts. Tom Holland is tremendous in that movie. He's a great actor. Now I know why he got Spider. We've been watching. We're like, well, now we know why he got Spider Man. Like they must have saw this and been like, holy crap! Just wanted to point that out. Tom Holland is very very good. All right. So Billy Bean, the actor. So Brad Pitt is actually older than Billy Bean was. At, you know, at the point that they're uh, portraying in the movie. So I went with somebody who's actually closer to Billy Bean's age at the time and okay. got to be charismatic, got to be believable as a former athlete, needs to ha- needs to be charming and authoritative. Yep. Chris Pine. OK, yeah. Yeah. You, you picked another very good looking uh, lead actor as well. Got to be. Yeah, he's got to be. A, this is a leading man performance that we don't get a ton of anymore. Yeah. You know, there's there's not very many you know, adult dramas that come out that don't have like a, you know, like a hook, be it, you know, it, it's, there's, there's very few people can actually make those types of movies. Mm -hmm. And most of them are on the older side. Yeah. I'm thinking like Denzel Washington puts out movies. You can put it in a movie like this. Right. Yeah. Somebody like that. Who are the young guys that are in, like, you can spend $50 million on a movie and it'll make a profit or even like spend $25 million in a movie and it'll make a profit. Right. I'm not really putting those movies out there anymore. It's either yeah. Marvel movies or you know, franchises, which, Hey, you know, I love Marvel movies. I love franchises, but I think a lot of times they come at the expense of movies like this. Gotcha. Okay. So Derek, 
you've brought back a a, a, a semi reoccurring feature that we have on the show. Yeah, I don't want to do it too often. Every once in a while, I'll jump in. And it's funny, this is the second baseball movie we've done. And the second time, I, second baseball movie, I'm doing this too. And that is again, continuing the story. Now, we know that Billy Bean and these actors, these characters are real people. And we know what happens in real life. But I just did, I made a Tarantino move. And I'm just pretending that I'm changing the course of the future. It's not going to take very long. Okay. Billy Bean changes his mind and decides to go to the Red Sox. He is the highest paid whatever in baseball. The Red Sox lose in 2003, but they lose in the World Series. So they beat the Yankees. They beat the Yankees, okay. Because Bean forces Grady Little to put in another pitcher besides Tim Wakefield against the Yankees. The Red Sox win, but they lose against the Marlins in the World Series. Bean is looking pretty good. In 2004, Billy Bean goes a little nuts, and him and Manny Ramirez have a really bad physical altercation, and Manny injures his arm, throwing a punch at Bean. Manny is out for the season. This is Manny being Manny. Ortiz is really upset by this, does not hit well in 2004. The Sox lose again. The curse of the Bambino continues. Billy Bean convinces the club to hire Peter Brand in 2005. Brand gets Bean back on track a little bit. The Sox do not make the playoffs, however, because Bean and Brand play Tony Graffinino every game. Why? Because he can get on base. (laughs) Big failure. Graffinino ruins the season. Bean and Brand are fired. Brand gets a job with the Cincinnati Reds as a player analysis and analyst, and Bean goes back to the A's where he tries but fails at winning the last game of the season. So where does Theo Epstein land in this uh, in this scenario? Theo Theo goes to the Cubs. So he goes to the Cubs earlier. Did he goes to the Cubs earlier. He the has the Cubs can- win in 04? He has the can- no. He, they, they don't win either. They still they still haven't won. Have, yeah, they still this, haven't won either. In this world, do the Sox? I mean, the Sox probably get back on track by 2013, right? Is that their first? Yeah, that, it's 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 a different yeah. Sort of 95 situation. years. Kurt? Hey, listen, 07 might be different. We don't know yet. We don't. Well, know. 07, I feel like had. Theo had helped build that team. So if Theo is not there, that's a different team. True. I guess maybe in 2013 as well. But well, but, there is a there, there is a quote in 2007 that I will mention, and that Michael Lowell says, "If Billy Bean was part of this team, I would fucking punch him in the face." So I just want to put that out there that that was a line from my universe. There you go. There you go. So in in your in this alternate universe where Billy Bean takes the Red Sox job, the Red Sox have not won the World Series. The Cubs have still not won the World Series. Correct. The Cle- However, the Cleveland Guardians do very well. The Guardians, they're the Guardians earlier. Somehow. They, yeah, the they, world, they changed their name. Yeah. Somehow the world grows uh, a bit more sensitive towards the Cleveland Indians, na- Indians name even earlier. Could we talk about how the Washington Redskins could have easily just been the Washington natives? Why, why, why did nobody think of the natives? Well, I think... At this point, if they were the natives to begin with, instead of the Redskins, which is a slur, uh, for those of you that don't know, they probably could have just still been the natives, but they can't change it to the natives now. Because right. at this point, they have to be, they, they can't name a franchise after a race in, in any way. It, that's kind of. You just can't do it. Can we also talk about how the Cleveland Guardians forgot to look up the team? They forgot to look up www.clevelandguardians.com just to make sure. And they just realized they were a rugby team and now they're screwed. Well, it's almost like forgetting that some of your biggest stars are under contract, like another big uh, sports adjacent company has done and just not resigning them. True. Yep. Uh, And still having to put them on TV. Yep. That's true. That's our wrestling reference of the week. Shout out Adam Cole. Uh, anyway, the, yeah, I mean, Washington, I mean, they can't be the senators. They can't be, I mean, they can't be the, the, the monument, Washington monuments. Like, honestly, it's a sports team. Right. Like. I mean, NBA, they're doing whatever the hell they want. They're they're calling teams the Pelicans. I mean, yeah, Pelicans are bad, bad. Here's, here's what should happen. Utah should just give the jazz name back to new Orleans and they can create a whole new team. Like new Orleans jazz is an incredible team name. And instead there's like, we're just the Utah jazz. 
makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But anyway, we team names are very interesting. We do a whole podcast about team names, but we're not. We're talking uh, a bit uh, more about Moneyball. Twitter follow of the week, Jonah Hill. Jonah. Jonah, hey, listen, we're obviously fans of yours. So if you'd like to uh, jump on here and talk to us and any any celebrity that you ever. Know, anyone who's in this movie. Yeah. Robin Wright, if you want in. Okay, can we talk about how Robin Wright was cast in this movie? She's in like she's like so fucking three lines. Overqualified for this role. What the hell? Or what about her her like boyfriend who's like Spike Jones? Yeah, Spike Jones, former friend of the show, Spike Jones. Robin Wright, I feel like her career at that point wasn't in the like its best place. Uh, just absolutely deserved better than this role. But yeah, I mean, whatever. It's a cameo, I guess. You go in and do it. You know, I'm sure she's friends with Brad Pitt. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably it. You know, or, or, you know, friends with the producer, whatever. Hey, I'll do a favor. I'll do, you know, because honestly, it's like one or two days of shooting, probably for, right. for the amount she's in here. Yeah. Do somebody a favor. But yeah, the, the it's hell? almost, it's almost like a recasting game where we're like, we just have like way bigger stars than like, <laughs> that would be in an actual role. Right, sometimes. right. We do that often. So yeah, we do, we do that. But you know what? It happens in real life. So don't come at us. Exactly. So miscellaneous, I revolves around John Henry. I love that he is a weirdo, and he is also played by Arliss Howard, who played adult Scotty Smalls yep. in the same lot in the episode that we did, and they talk about the Bambino in the scene. Yeah, it's cool shout out, cool shout out. Let me ask you a question. I yeah. didn't look this up, and I probably should have. He's not the same actor who's also in Jurassic Park, The New World, is he? Like the, the, he's kind of like uh-huh. the bad guy. Uh, yes, he is. That is him. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Is it? Is it interesting? Uh, it is to me because I just thought he was an unknown, and now I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, that guy's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, he's um, he's he's in a bunch of stuff. He was seeing. He's in Natural Born Killers. He's in. I still haven't seen that. It's interesting. Is it though? It is. It's well, Natural Born Killers is a Tarantino script, not directed by Tarantino. Yeah, I hear that he like didn't like like it that much or something like that. I can see why, because it's it's just this side of a Tarantino movie, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's it's you can see where, OK, he wouldn't have done this. Well, he might have done something like this. It, yeah, it's it. That'll be a fun episode. That'll be a fun yeah, episode. Definitely uh, 20, 20, 2022 movie. But yeah, let's do it. So did you have any miscellaneous? Uh, just basically you, that actor playing that part which i didn't I, I i don't know why i thought he was i thought he was somebody else um at first and then i was like no wait a minute that's a guy from the same one um but yeah that's my really only miscellaneous i can think of um the other thing was the the scout that got fired by billy bean he was like in real life he's like i was gonna take my grandson to go see the movie but because my character in the movie tells his boss to f off, uh, I, I decided to not take my grandson to the movie. <laughs> so probably, that was probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Scouted hey, that kid, one, right? Kids get to learn somehow. If he's going to learn a swear from Moneyball, big deal. It's not like he's getting it from uh, Goodfellas. So, all right. So let's go to the Oscars. No wins, but it does get a lot of nominations: uh, Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Adapted Screenplay, Sound Mixing, and Editing. Uh, let's go through the major categories. This is a real weak Oscar year, I feel like. Okay. This is the year where the artist wins Best Picture. Still never start. It's, I mean, it's it's very gimmicky. It's very gimmicky. It's it's fine. Not the best movie of the year, but let's look at the rest of the Best Picture nominees here. There's a lot of them this year. So there's Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is trash. It's a 9-11 Adam, drama with Tom Adams. Hanks and... Is it Adam Sandler in that? I don't think so. No, I'm it's. Thinking, uh, I'm thinking about something else then. Yeah, no. Tom Hanks, Sandra Bullock, Max von Sydow, Viola Davis, uh, The Descendants. I think you said Damien Sandow for a second. I was like, really? Yes, Damien Sandow isn't that? He's yeah. he's a stuntman. Uh, <laughs> the Help, which I don't love. Hugo, Midnight in Paris, The Tree of Life, War Horse. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a very strong year. It's yeah, and of course Moneyball as well. So. I mean, of that, I really like the Tree of Life. It is absolutely not for everyone. Um, the one where, like, they filmed it for like years to get like the kids growing up and stuff. No, 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 no. Um, Tree of Life is. It has Brad Pitt in it, 
It's a Terrence Malick movie. And it's very tough to describe, but it is basically it's the story of let me just read the the the, the description of the movie from Wikipedia. Okay. The film chronicles the origins and meaning of life by way of a middle-aged man's childhood memories of his family living in the 1950s, uh, 1950s Texas, interspersed with imagery of the origins of the known universe and the inception of life on Earth. Interesting. Yeah. Weird movie, not for everybody. War Horse is good, but it's by no means the best. Spielberg, Midnight in Paris, I don't know how much shine we want to put on Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Hugo is good, not the best Scorsese. I mean, yeah, not a, not a good year, really. It's it's not a good year. I mean, there's, I mean, there's other movies that could have been nominated, especially when you have so many nominees. The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, oh, that was a re- that was a remake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you have Warrior. Warrior would be my best movie that year. It's the so, only. It's the only good MMA movie that's ever been made. Is that it's Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy, Nick Nolte. It's uh, Kurt Angle, uh, isn't it? Oh, wow. Zero lines, but he's in it. It's, a, it's an incredible movie. That's probably my best picture that year. Bridesmaids, sneak it in there, get a comedy nomination. Yeah. Is that 2011, huh? That's 2011, kind of a, yeah. Trying to, that, yeah. What else came out that year? So Moneyball was nominated. Moneyball was nominated. Of the nominees, I would say Moneyball is it for me. I mean, other movies that other movies that we could talk about as best picture, Deathly Hallows Part Two, Drive, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Super Eight, uh, Contagion, which is a tough watch today, Melancholia, which is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking through. I'm looking through the movies of 2011 too, and it's like not a lot jump out. The Muppets is really good, but not Limit, a, Limitless yeah. was an interesting movie. Did you see that one? Yeah, I didn't love it. Oh, uh, Hannah. Hannah was really good. We need to talk about that. Kevin. Oh, my God. We should do that movie on here. Yeah. 50-50. 50-50. Right. I, like really, I like that yeah. one. Yeah, X-Men First Class, if you want to go with the blockbuster. The Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Lawyer is good. Paul. Uh, I never saw Paul. Skip Paul. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods is excellent. Cabin in the Woods is excellent. They would never, ever nominate it for an Oscar, but you know what? With... Ten nominees, I might. J. Edgar. Eh. Ooh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Oh, you said that yep. right? Yep. Okay. So literally the first one I said. But that's those are 2011 movies that we could consider. But I would say for now, at this moment, did you see X Men First Class? Yes, I did. Okay, I missed that. All right, continue. Yeah, I would say now at that moment, picking out of these nominees, I'd take Moneyball over the artist. It's weird to me still that Moneyball would be the best picture of the year. Yeah, it's it's not a super strong Oscar year. But because we both like it out of this yeah. group, I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you. Okay, so best director, Mikkel Hazanvicius. Hazanvicius? You tried. Hazanvicius. I am sorry, that's a tough name for me. For the artist, Alexander Payne for The Descendants. Scorsese for Hugo. Acquaintance of the show Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris and Terrence Malick for Tree of Life. Do we want to make a case for Bennett Miller? I mean, he he definitely he definitely hammed it up in so many words. Uh, and I like the moves that he made. It made the movie more compelling uh, and the story more compelling. But I don't necessarily think that I need to see him in yeah, the, in this category. He did. He did. A good job. Serviceable job. He did. I would say better than service. He did a good job, but I don't know if he'd you know, give him a nomination for that. Yeah. Best actor, Jean Jardin for The Artist, Damien Bashir in A Better Life, George Clooney in The Descendants, Gary Oldman, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, and Brad Pitt in Moneyball. Um, I'm not like... Brad, Pitt, Brad Pitt's very good in this. Yeah, I don't and it's think a, he, And it's a solid, you know, to stretch the baseball metaphor again, it is a solid double. It, you know, he gets, he, I mean, he got my gold medal a lot of ways because, like, he was the main character. He was the driving force behind the movie and it was very successful. And he's good in it. Is this his best performance ever? No. Uh, it's up there. It's, but it's, it's, not, it's not his best. No. It's... And he has great moments. But 
but again, Jean Jardin, I don't, I don't think very highly of the artist. Okay. I mean, let's, let's, I've, I, I haven't seen the, Gary Oldman is, is yeah. Gary Oldman. So I don't know. So, I, so because I don't feel strongly about it, I feel like we should keep it as it is for now, but, okay. but let's, we're going to revisit this. For we're sure. going to revisit this year. Certainly. A lot of we have that list of movies and a lot of them that I want to talk about. No, nobody for best actress or best supporting actress, best supporting actor. Christopher Plummer wins in Beginners. Kenneth Branagh is nominated for My Week with Marilyn. Jonah Hill for Moneyball. Nick Nolte in Warrior. And Max von Sydow for Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I like Jonah Hill in this a lot. And this may surprise you, but Nick Nolte is fucking incredible in Warrior. Okay. I I honestly wasn't going to say that Jonah should win anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he gets a nomination, but I mean, come on. Yeah, I've not seen Beginners, and I have immense respect for Christopher Plummer. He's, he's an incredible actor. Yep. But I, 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 Nick Nolte's just so, he's amazing in, uh, in, in, in Warrior. So, and nobody, I would say, for Best Supporting Actor, uh, or Best Supporting Actress, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So, now we come to the most important part of the show. And that is when we put... 30 seconds on the clock. And Derek tells us why Moneyball, our subject for this week, is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Yes, I'm. All right. Three, two, one, go. Oh, oh yeah, I'm listening to the podcast, but baseball is too slow for me. Shut up. Are you kidding me? You can't watch this movie. Why? Because it has to do with baseball. Like, it's such a good movie. The acting is really good in it. The story's compelling. Just get off your stupid high horse and stop being like, well, football is my favorite sport. Baseball's boring. Shut up. Baseball's strategic and it's a lot of fun. And you're just a stupid idiot. You stupid idiot. So that's 30 seconds. Uh, Derek has, again, insulted all of you listening out there. Uh, I love you. Please vote for me next time we have a <laughs> next time we have a uh, a recasting versus recasting. No, 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 no. See, so you, you do that based on who did the best, not who you like the best. But really, I know you like me the best. Listen, we all know that you know Rick, Rick is the babyface commentator, and I'm the heel commentator. That's true. I'm I'm the gorilla to your Jesse. Oh, Jesse, I wanted to will be you, heated. Will you stop? Yeah, you, you can be heated. You can be heated. <laughs> I just read it right before we started. I just saw a meme. It was like the picture of Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Gennetti through the, 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 the window, whatever. The I'm sorry, window. what happened? Because it seems like uh, Marty Gennetti <laughs> just tried to escape Shawn Michaels through a stream act of cowardism. <laughs> That's exactly what I read. It was just the best comment. What a coward. He's trying to escape. <laughs> what, an act, what an act of cowardism. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right. So is Moneyball the greatest movie of all time? Maybe, maybe not. Let us know what you think. Did we miss anything? Send us an email. Find us on social media. We want to get you in on the conversation. Derek, though, one quick question. We, we forgot to do this last week. What'd you eat with this movie? Oh, you got you to have some, uh, some, some Franks. Some, some Franks? hot dogs. Some, some peanuts? Hot do- some Cracker some hot dog. Oh, yeah. Some, some of the good stuff. Some of the good stuff. You know, I'm not a beer drinker, but you know what? Hell, have a beer. Have a good old-fashioned American Coca-Cola. Yeah. In, the, in, a, in a glass bottle. Hell yeah. All right. So that was our episode on Moneyball, and it's gotten dark all of a sudden, so I can't even read the schedule in front of me. Hold on. Wow. Wow. We take too much for granted, bro. Like, I can't wait for the summer to come. It's going to stay light, lighter, and but then it goes down at 830, and I'm like, what the hell happened? I just want too much. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's go over what we have coming up. This is our first episode of August. We have a huge August. Next week, we've got special guest Steve Constantino. And it's going to yes. be the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Cohen's coming at you hard and fast. Oh, yeah. High and tight. We're going to have a lot of fun with that one. Then we dial up the heat a little bit, I feel like. A little James Bond. Well, Bond, baby. Stinky Cheddar. Yes. Casino Royale. Oof. Oof. Daniel, Daniel Craig coming at us. That's right. And a Rex pick. Indeed, that is a Rex pick. Or uh, should I say a Rex guy is in that as well? I'm gonna, Rex I'm gonna go guy is in that? Daniel Craig? Or, oh, no, no. Not nope. Daniel Craig, yeah. Ma- Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. 
And I did I did actually find out that that's how you pronounce his last name, although it's Mods, not Mads. Mods? I'm calling Ma- him Mads. Ma- Mods Mickelson. Mad, Mads for Mods. And I'm going to tell you another Rex guy that I decided that makes a lot of sense, and that okay. is Paul Dano. You're claiming Dano? I'm claiming Dano, yeah. I'm claiming Dano. And based on you, know, you gotta wait, you gotta wait till he's I mean you, I, use, I, I use him a lot and right. I watched I just watched right. movie with him recently. I'm a big fan. I'll give you I'll give you Paul Dano. I appreciate that. But I'm I'm taking Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, come on. Why don't we share Dano and Hoffman? No, I think you 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 claim him. We can't put him we can't we can't put him in the borrow bin. I mean, you can ask if you want to borrow. But, right. I but, may ask. You, you, you can also Phil, ask about Dano. Philip Seymour Hoffman is a Ricks guy. Paul Dano can be a Ricks guy. Oh, man, that's rough. That's rough. And then to cap off the month, we had to edit it out because of poor audio, audio quality last week. But we're doing It Chapter 1. Oh, To round boy. out the month of August. Wow. Get, re- get ready for me to talk about that movie. I'm looking forward to that one, and you cannot give your gold medal to Tim Curry. That's not how this works. Ah, uh, damn it. Well, so I'm anyway. fucked. <laughs> so anyway, that's a huge month coming up for us. We cannot wait to, to talk about these movies. So I just want to thank you so much for listening to the show. I have been your co-host, the one and only Rick Barrasso. And I the the greatest co-host of all time wreck the big dick boski derek wreck the brain big dick boski <laughs> i have a lot of names keep watching everybody